Good morning. You're listening to Morning Musings on Divine Mercy Radio with Matthew Hogan. And now, here's Matthew. Good morning, listeners. Today, I'm going to talk with Bishop Finke about devotion to the Sacred Heart. Bishop, what is your connection with devotion to the Sacred Heart, just to get started? Well, I would say it started in my home, actually, because my mom and dad, as long as I can remember, they had the same house all the years that I lived there. They had the beautiful, beautiful statues of in their house of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So that's always been a, a special love for me. We prayed the rosary there, and, and there was the, these beautiful images. They weren't, they weren't big statues or wall wall statues but just sacred heart so that was always so beautiful for me to to, to witness that and my mom had, had a great devotion to the to the sacred heart of jesus so started it in my in my home really i mean that's the best place for most things to start like that, that. that's right yeah every home <laughs> should be a domestic church but i just want to share too that so when i was working at the north Marine college in rome they asked me if i were to lead a pilgrimage to ours for our seminarians. Yeah. The seminarians that were there, about 30, 35, about the max that could go. And I remember telling my retired bishop from Lansing, Michigan, where I came from, oh, I'm going to lead a pilgrimage start. Oh, if you go to ours, you have to go to Paray Le Manuel. That's where Jesus revealed the Sacred Heart, his yeah. Sacred Heart to St. To Saint Margaret Mary. So I went, I've been to Paray Pray Le Manuel probably about five times in my life, and I just have a great love there. I can talk more about it. So how have you seen that merciful heart in action while you've been working as both a parish priest and a bishop? Yeah, it's, it's fascinating that you asked that question because I remember, so when Margaret Mary had this, had these visitations from Jesus, of course, nobody believed her, right? I mean, everybody was kind of like, yeah, seriously, I mean, can this really happen? Well, they, she had a spiritual director named St. Claude Clambier, and he became a saint too. And even Father Claude at the time just really recognized that. Is this really true? He goes, and so he kind of tested Margaret Mary a little bit. He said, <laughs> he said, okay, next time you talk to Jesus, ask him what my last, what I confessed in my last confession. So they met, and about a month later, they met up again. And, and so Father Claude asked Margaret Mary, so did you ask Jesus what I said in my last confession? And Margaret Mary says, I, I did. Sister Margaret Mary said, I did. And Father Claude said, well, what did he tell you? He goes, she goes, I forgot those sins. So it's really beautiful. And that's the heart of Jesus of really being so merciful that, yes, Father Claude did go to confession. But Jesus, as soon as we go to confession, their sins are absolved. He forgets them. They don't exist anymore mm-hmm. as well, too. And I would say the other story you share about my, my parish experience, I remember at my last assignment before I came to Salina, the Diocese of Salina, I was at a parish called Holy Family in Grand Blanc, and every week I would go to the hospital. And I usually went in the mornings, And uh, but this particular Friday, I couldn't get there in the morning, so I went there in the evening after supper, it was like 7 o'clock in the evening. And I visited all the patients that were uh, parishioners and then prayed with them and anointed them if they needed it. And then I'm walking out the door and all of a sudden I see this man who saw me. He said his wife is is in a hospital here. Can you go to her? So I anointed her that night and his name was Neil and his wife was in the hospital dying. I anointed her 
and next morning, actually she died that night. She died a few hours later, she died. And I remember you know, I was preparing for the funeral then, and he came to me and said, Jesus keeps his promises. I go, what do you mean? He goes, we've been having devotion to the first Fridays of the Sacred Heart, which is a special devotion, having First Fridays, mm -hmm. the devotion to the Sacred Heart for all these years. And one of the promises is that you will receive the sacraments before you die. And, and so he had a special devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. One of those promises that Jesus made for everyone who, anyone who has this devotion to the Sacred Heart, they will be, he will be present through the sacraments at the hour of death. And so he was so happy because Jesus kept his promise. Jesus keeps his promises. And he was he was just in tears because his wife received the sacraments before she died. Mm -hmm. And uh, he credited his devotion to the Sacred Heart for that. It's incredible when you can see aspects of the faith in action like that. Yeah. And even for my own personal life, I have a beautiful picture of the Sacred Heart of Jesus in my chapel. And of course, I pray every morning in my chapel. And there's there's always difficult things that arise. And I just look at that, that picture, and it's Jesus really saying to me, come to me, you are burdened, and I will refresh you, and I will give you rest. So it's really a, a special. And then my, when my mom died, there's only one thing I wanted from for my mom. Everybody else wanted other things. All my other siblings wanted other things, but I wanted the statue of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, yeah. which, I, which I have in my room too. Yeah, so it's a, it's a very special devotion. You mentioned too about why is the month of June, because that's when Jesus asked Margaret Mary to begin devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So the month of June has always been devoted to the Sacred Heart for 400 plus years now. Well, I mean, God wants everyone to come together. And that's one of the things mm -hmm. that I think really is, is almost surprising to me sometimes. It's like you see people struggling and sometimes your first thought can be that it's difficult to reach out and love them. But then you realize that like God already loves them completely. And even if it seems hard to us right away, God has loved them for their entire lives, no matter what they've done, no matter how they've acted. And though it can seem strange to us, it's also our job to reach out and love them too, which I think is part of the idea of the merciful heart of Jesus, which is supposed to call us because God gave him his son and he gave his heart and his life on the cross. And he wants us to do the same for people around us. Matthew, I couldn't have said it any better. That's, that's beautiful. It really is. And you're spot on. The heart of Jesus wants us to have that same heart to love others because he loves them. As you said, you know, a lot of times we can look at the person first and all the things that perhaps we're struggling with that about that person, but actually to love them as Jesus loves them with his heart it is really beautiful. I mean, look at look at even, you know, the, one of my favorite stories in the Gospel of Luke is the, the woman who crashes that party. The Pharisees are having, mm. having invited Jesus over. They're, they're having Jesus and they're excited, but all of a sudden this woman who's known as this terrible sinner comes and kneels at the feet of Jesus. And the Pharisees are thinking, oh, Jesus must be repelling. Jesus must repel at any, because this woman has done so many wrong things. And yet what the woman is looking for, a heart that understands her, that knows her pain, knows her sins, but won't condemn her. And, and that's the kind of heart that we were called to have as well. And it's a similar story in the gospel. I forget exactly where it is, where the woman is brought before Jesus and they're to cast stones at her because she was caught in adultery. Right. And Jesus just starts writing in the sand and they're like, what's going on? And Jesus right. is like, the first one among you who's without sin may be the first to cast a stone. Right. Then they all disappear. 
That's right. And then Jesus looks at her and it says, and neither do I condemn you. Yes. And go and sin no more. <laughs> That's right. Because he doesn't want us to, 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 because his heart also knows that sin is what really leads to our unha- unhappiness and our sorrow. And, and so Jesus says, I'm not condemning you. Just don't, don't go sin anymore because I, I love you that much. I don't want you to to fall into that. Sin is is like when we sin, a lot of times we think Jesus is like uh, counting our sins and how often we messed up or whatever. But the best way I've ever heard it described is where, say you were lost and your parents couldn't find you. All of a sudden, you know, you came back and you you were found and and they just are so happy. Well, it's the same thing with when we sin, God is a loving parent, and it's not like He's condemning us or whatever. He's experiencing that you're lost, and I want Him to come home and experience my heart of mercy. Thank you, everyone, for listening to part one of Divine Mercy with Bishop Binky. We will now return to the Sunrise Morning Show.